to the third episode ever of Conspiracy Pilled. I'm Abby Libby. I'm here with my co-host, PJ. How are you, PJ? I'm doing good. How are you doing today, Abby? I am good. What what crazy, off-the-wall, ridiculous conspiracy theory do you have for me today? Yeah, so, well, for over a month now, conspiracy theory, theorists have been talking about Anne Heche, uh, from the unwitting agent of MK Ultra program to... Uh, 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 MK Ultra Program Mon- Project Monarch. Can I speak today? I can't speak today. On, I'm having a stroke today. Uh, forgive my Joe Biden moment. I'll wake up as the show goes along. To a heroine who was killed for her involvement in exposing horrific child trafficking operations in Hollywood. We're going to be talking about all of that today about Anne Heche. I see Katie Zed in the chat saying right on time. I saw a message right before this. People were giving me crap about us coming out at 7.02 instead of 7.03. Look, we have a pre-roll. It's a whole thing. The start it the, the show starts at seven oh three, but if you show up at seven, you get some cool music. So, um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, how's how's your week going, Abby? It's it's good. No Joe it's, Biden moments for you today. No, well, hopefully not. Hopefully or, not. It's not over yet. I'll wake up. I promise. So, um, really quick, I just wanted to tell everybody that we are, as far as I can see right now, three subscribers away from hitting five hundred on YouTube. Um, and if we hit 500, we get the community tabs. So we can post memes and updates and polls and things there. So please, if you can, if you're watching this and you're not subscribed, click that subscribe button. Uh, this show's about to start, so feel free to share this on Twitter, YouTube, or Facebook, or wherever. Uh, let people know to come here and check it out. Uh, by people, I, she, I mean Katie Zed. That's who I mean. Yes. So. Yes. <laughs> and yes. also, one last reminder. We um, do this show uh, for an hour long on YouTube and Odyssey and Facebook and wherever, Twitch. But we do the last half hour where we chat with the audience and we bring up bonus conspiracy stuff only on Rumble. So uh, follow the link down below and uh, follow us over on Rumble if you guys want to get the extra bonus content. So anyway. <laughs> That's where we get spicy. That's where we do. Probably. Yeah. Well, last week I was like, <laughs> last week we kept it on YouTube and I was thinking, man, I might've got too spicy for YouTube. And then, you know, something happened and all the equipment started crashing. So somebody wasn't yeah. happy is what I was saying. I don't know. But uh, anyway, so Anne Heche, are you familiar with Anne Heche at all? I know she's an actress. I know that she's, you know, older, but not, you know, old enough to be dying of old age. And I know <laughs> that she passed in a car accident and I, I heard a lot of rumors about it, and I wasn't sure how founded they were. Gotcha. Yeah. So uh, Anne Heche, for people who don't know, is an American actress who's known for her roles in Six Days, Seven Nights, Volcano, I Know What You Did Last Summer, uh, Wag the Dog, amongst a lot of others. And she was born May 25th in ni- uh, 1969 in Aurora, Ohio. Sorry for that. Sorry for, for growing up in Ohio. Um, she, she broke into acting at 18 with her role on a soap opera titled Another World. I'm not a soap opera person. My grandma watches them like religiously, though. Are you, have you ever heard of Another World? I've never heard of it. No, and I have heard of some soap operas. I don't watch them, but yeah. I like to keep tabs so, on things. You know what's a fun thing to do with soap operas? If you just have friends over and you mute the soap opera and then you just like add in your own like script to it have you ever done yes. that yeah um i have i've done that with not muting because you don't have to with an indian soap opera so i had no idea what they were saying because it's in another language and it was <laughs> fantastic nice <laughs> that's a good drinking <laughs> game so yeah besides acting <coughs> excuse me besides acting uh, Anne Heche might be best known for her relationship with Ellen DeGeneres. This is kind of how I knew her. Like, I didn't realize mm-hmm. I'd seen movies with her in it when she died. I was like, oh, isn't that uh, Anne, or, um, Ellen DeGeneres' ex? 
Uh, they were mm-hmm. described as the world's first gay super couple by the media. Uh, they started dating in 1997 and broke up in August of 2000, which is not as long as I thought it was. So <laughs> it's still 20 some years later, like a, a big thing, I guess. So I don't know if it was just because at the time it was abnormal. She claims that she lost like a lot of uh, movie roles and stuff like that. So I don't know. Yeah, maybe she just hit that age where you're not getting cast as the romantic lead anymore and you didn't transition to being that mom yeah. role. Yeah, you could have, have to. Could have been the drugs. After die. Could have been the drugs erratic behavior, which we're going to get into a lot of. There was a lot of craziness in this woman's life. She wrote mm-hmm. a book even called like uh, Call Me Crazy and uh, it was not a joke. She's like, I literally went insane at one point in my life. So, wow. um yeah, she, st- uh, she stated that um, all of her romantic relationships besides Ellen, though, were, were with men. She actually got married to a man in 2001, uh, right after they broke up. And in her mem- in her memoir, Call Me Anne, so she had Call Me Crazy, and then Call Me Anne, and then her third one was going to be Call Me Sane, I-, I guess. But Call Me Anne is, like, coming out next year. It's like she put the, she submitted the, the book before her death, but it's not, it's not been released yet. But it says okay. that in the memoir that was submitted shortly before her death, she explained that she never identified as a lesbian and did not feel like the terms gay or straight felt right to her. So that was that's so fascinating. I think that's, that's one of the things that I remember about her most is just like, there's this super controversial thing around her being like the f- world's first gay super couple. And then also being, well, I'm not gay. And then I guess her mom uh, works in conversion therapy. So like basically is like a Christian counselor for people who are, are gay and want to um, not be that way. So, not be gay. <laughs> yeah, don't be gay. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of her mom's thing. But I remember there's a lot of hatred towards her because she didn't believe in the, and hey, she's not her mom, didn't believe in the born this way thing. She's like, no, I could, I could just, you know, I chose this. So it was a lot of, she went from being like the, the, you know, superhero of the LGBT community to like the absolute devil of the LGBT community. So yeah, any side note. Anyway, so the official story on how she died, that's what we'll get into. We're going to get into the conspiracy and all that, but I think it's good to look through what the media said and kind of get those facts, facts, if mm-hmm. you want to call them facts, I don't know, out of the, the way, get, get the reported narrative out of the way, and then we'll get into the conspiracy of it. So <clears throat> on August 5th, 2002, so just last month, Hayes was involved in a sequence of three motor vehicle collisions in the Mar Vista neighborhood of Los Angeles. The final crash being the most serious, inflicting critical injuries on Haish and destroying a house. Um, the first collision took place when her vehicle struck an apartment garage and caused minor damage. We actually have footage of all of these incidents, by the way. So we'll we'll play and we'll talk about them. So if you guys are listening to this on audio later, we'll explain it. But uh, definitely try to come over to YouTube or Rumble and check it out. So here is the first one where she kind of banged into a, a garage and then and then took off. So, taken from a cell phone. So you can see her clubman back there kind of up against the building. And then she just takes off. Come on, so yeah, you can hear the guy yelling, get out of the car, get out of the car, and then she just backs up and takes off. So that's the first incident. Okay, um, wow. Yeah, right. Well, did you, because you probably didn't know about any of this stuff, right? Because a, a lot of this is fresh to you. Yeah, it's most of it's fresh. I mean, I heard car accident. I didn't hear multiple three, three car accidents and choosing to get back on the road after the first one. 
some of this kind of destroys a few of the narratives that I've heard put out. So that's why I okay. think it's important to, to bring all these into perspective. So TMZ also reported a second hit and run in which Haitia's vehicle struck a Jaguar without stopping. Uh, I don't have video of that, but luckily the, there was no injury to the other driver. But another video around that time shows her clubman speeding down an alleyway and nearly hitting a pedestrian. There's no audio to this one, but you can see it right there. Um, just kind of going by the guy turns around is like, what the hell was that? And then there's kind of a slowed down version. She doesn't even seem to notice him at all. It's not quite as dramatic as it sounds like she wasn't that close to him, but she did seem kind of indifferent to, <laughs> to the guy crossing in front of her. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. Well, let's watch them all. And then I have. Yeah. Well, thoughts. I'd love to get your thoughts on them. So, uh, in the final crash, her vehicle struck a house, broke through a wall, embedded itself 30 feet into the building, trapping Haitian side. The vehicle caught fire, which rapidly spread through the entire building. Uh, the resulting house fire took 65 minutes to fully extinguish and required 59 firefighters. It took 65 minutes to fully extinguish, yet the house did not fall downward on itself in its own what? <laughs> in its own footprint. Yeah, I weird. Thought everything fell within. I thought, yeah, I thought every burning building fell down on its own footprint within an hour of burning. So, in free fall. <laughs> in no, free, every time. free fall. Yeah, every time. Uh, it took 65 minutes to fully extinguish the fire, required 59 firefighters. Uh, the firefighters were unable to access and fully extricate Hache from the vehicle for 45 minutes after the after arrival on the scene and initially were not aware there was a person trapped in the vehicle. Um, wow. And this was the crash itself was not caught on camera, but there was a ring video doorbell that shows the car speeding by. And I think you can kind of hear the crash. So let's uh, check this one out. Sorry for the noise. Yeah, right there you can hear the crash. Holy crap. So that is the ring video doorbell. She was going pretty fast on that, I would say. Yeah, and again, I apologize for the audio. It's that's, you know, you're not going to get the greatest quality out of a doorbell, but Okay, can we just acknowledge that it's it's kind of creepy that everyone has a camera on their house these days? Yes. Yeah, it, it, it's well, it's not just that. You know what really creeps me out is that now everything is connected to the Wi-Fi in some way or another, like things that don't need mm -hmm. to be blenders, refrigerators, things like that. And I, mm -hmm. I'm i glad you brought it up because it's going to be something I want to talk about later on with cars. But yeah, everything is connected to the Internet um, in a way like I, when I saw the first Bluetooth refrigerator, I was like, why? What what possible need could you have for a Bluetooth refrigerator? But yeah, like apparently they're supposed to keep track of your grocery list. But like, I don't. Did I freeze? You did for a second. But like who? Uh, who? I don't know. Like you're so lazy. You can't open your fridge and figure out a grocery list. Like the, the Internet. Amazon wants to know every single thing about you where it's like, oh, your refrigerator tells us your blender tells us what kind of stuff you're making. And then we mm -hmm. can sell you stuff based on all that. I mean, part of it's literally just like to sell you stuff. But it's it is weird how it used to be a conspiracy theory that your TV was watching you or listening to you. And now mm -hmm. you have like wiretaps all over your house. They have like an Alexa in every room. You have your phone in your pocket all the time your refrigerator is hooked up yeah. to the internet your car is hooked up to the internet it's super weird stuff so uh <laughs> someone in chat said they saw an alexa on a fridge i think that's basically what it was the bluetooth fridge had mm -hmm. alexa built into it so yeah people are like oh no they're gonna insert a tracking device into my veins with this vaccine sweetheart <laughs> they're tracking you already they don't need to go through that effort 
Yeah, they're, they're track like it's weird. Yeah, that's a whole nother subject. But like as far as what your phone can do just sitting in your pocket that's been shown, like how well it can actually hear and track everything you're doing, even on airplane mode is pretty creepy stuff. So what are what are your thoughts on this this uh, crash stuff so far, though? If I if I'm being the, the least generous and like my gut reaction is like typical uh, Hollywood behavior of like, I don't care that I just hit something. I'm in a hurry. I'm important. I'm just going to keep going. But I don't really understand the mindset to keep going after like potentially hurting yourself, at least after the second <sighs> one, you'd think she'd stop. Well, I think she I think some of the pictures made it look like she had a breathalyzer in her car. So if she was like worried about, you know, getting caught for a DUI, she'd probably face some hard times. Um, someone sure. in chat said the fire. Why would the fireman assume the car crap like there's no one in the car? That's what I was thinking. I read multiple articles that said the firefighters didn't know there was anyone still in the car. But yeah, it's weird to me. It would take them 45 minutes to figure out that there was someone in the car. That just seems really strange to me. It I, my question on that is like, how much can we trust the media to just understand what it? So I would have assumed that the firefighters were like, look, we the building is engulfed to a point where we can't get in there yet. It's not so we didn't know there was someone in the car. Not being, we assumed there wasn't, but just we hadn't gotten in there to ascertain anything yet. It could be bad media reporting as well, but yeah, seems like a lot of different sources I read said the same thing. So um, it says here that uh, the house was left structurally compromised and uninhabitable. The tenants living in the house were at the rear of the structure at the time of the collision and only sustained minor injuries. So no one was killed in the actually Anne Hayes wasn't killed in the crash either. We'll get into that, but she didn't die like right then. So um, on the other hand, she had sustained severe burns, smoke inhalation injuries uh, at the time she was rescued. And there is actually a video accompanying this as well. And this is the strangest one. So I want to get your, okay. there's no audio to this. So feel free to narrate, but you can see uh, firefighters taking a, a stretcher to the back of an ambulance. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then a naked, I think she's naked and hey, no, she's, she's got a, like a nude colored top. Yeah. I just realized that for the first time. Okay. Classic Pete. <laughs> well, I, I couldn't tell if it was burns or if her shirt was just singed. So um, yeah, she's yeah. she's literally in what looks like a body bag strapped down. She moves removes the thing from holding her head and then sits up like a sits zombie. Sits up. But looks like some, I see no burns on her body. That's the thing that a lot of people are saying is she doesn't appear to be burned. So I think playing devil's advocate a little bit, I think that what they're saying is that it was mostly like smoke inhalation, but I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like she, she doesn't really appear to be burned. Like yeah, for being so in a fire for 45 minutes, the car is totally like burned and covered. So I don't know if like the fire just didn't get in, which is smoke that was getting in to her car. And she was just being cooked like from the heat and the smoke. But Okay, yeah. yeah, that makes that makes sense. Because yeah, Chad Morrison and Chat said the the car was a burned husk, but when she set up, she appeared unscathed. It uh, does and why appear was that she way. in a body bag? So the the I you can handle that one. You would know more about that than I do. That's that's not a body bag. So when you are anybody who's experienced burns, um, you can start to like your body's like compensating and lowering your temperature so you can actually be hypothermic. So that's a blanket. Like they're trying to keep her warm. Yeah. It's, it seems yeah. counterintuitive, but you're right. Yeah. Yeah. It, the extreme change in temperature would cause hypothermia. So, 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, that video, um, law enforcement officials said that Haish was deemed to be under the influence and acting erratically at the time of the crash. Uh, the LAPD said that there was a preliminary blood analysis confirmed the presence of both cocaine and narcotics, including fentanyl, in Haish's system. But here's the side note. Although a second and more comprehensive drug test is required to determine whether the narcotics were detected the narcotic detective were given by the hospital or ingested earlier. The second test could take anywhere from 30 to 90 days to complete. So like that part of the conspiracy that uh, either the blood test was bad or what they were detecting were drugs given to her in the hospital. Oh, yeah. yeah. We won't know that for. That's really weird that they wouldn't. That seems like an easy solve. Like you would test before giving anything new. You would want to find out what's in their system before. That's what I find weird that they wouldn't do a blood test. But I don't know. I mean, maybe they just like hooked her up to an IV in the ambulance right away and started pumping painkillers into her. I have no idea. I, I'm not a. Well, your husband works in that type of stuff. So I thought you might have a better idea of how that works than I do. Uh, so I, I don't want to like rush too quick to judgment. But if, if her issue is. Um, smoke inhalation, and there's some evidence, any evidence at all, that she was under the influence. Well, at crashing the time. 30 feet through a house is is enough probable cause, I would say. Right there, yeah. there is an issue where they try really hard not to mix drugs, and they like they ask Good them, point. you know, what have you taken? Um, so it, it is weird to me that you know, unless she was like covered in burns, and it was just obvious that she needed something right away, or she was gonna like have a heart attack from the pain or something, but we don't see that. So she also sat up. So it seems weird that, right. Yeah. She wasn't like completely, I don't know. I don't but know. She's also a movie star and movie stars get treated differently. So if she demanded something like Michael they Jackson, probably gave it to her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a whole conspiracy I'd love to get into in the future. I don't know if you ever heard of Dr. Feelgood. The guy who gave uh, meth yeah, to JFK, yeah. but there's a whole lot of stuff there I'd love to talk about in the future. So that all happened on August uh, 5th. Yeah, that all happened on August 5th. So I'm just going to go through this timeline real quick. August 8th, representative for Haish said that she was in a coma in critical condition, requiring medical ventilation for pulmonary injury sustained in the accident. The representative yeah. also said that prior reports that Haish was in stable condition were inaccurate. So for three days... The reports were she's in stable condition. She's fine. On August 8th, she's in a coma uh, from uh, and needs medical ventilation. So the story mm. took three days to either change or be corrected. We'll put it that way. Uh, on August 11th, so another three days later, the representative said that Haish was not expected to survive due to an anorect uh, and uh, anoxic. Sorry, I almost said anorexic. <laughs> an anorexic brain. Uh, maybe <laughs> maybe a lot of people in Hollywood you could say have an anorexic brain. Um, Probably. But, pretty much the whole Kardashian family An anoxic brain injury had been sustained that she was being kept on life support to determine if her organs were viable for donation in accordance with her mm. express wish to be an organ donor. Uh, Haish was declared brain dead a few hours later, but remained on life support to assess organ donor viability and locate recipients. Having been declared brain dead, Haish was considered legally dead at the time under California law. If we had that standard for politicians, they would never be able to visit California. <laughs> legally dead every time they enter the state. Um, <laughs> and again, the Kardashians love you there, so I don't know how this works. But uh, <laughs> this is So this is where I was going to make the joke that six days and seven nights after the car crash, she died. But that's like the legal definition because she didn't actually die until August 14th. Uh, it was announced that organ recipients have been found for her body 
She would undergo organ uh, donation procedure that day. That evening, her publicist announced that she had been peacefully taken off of life support. That's the quote. Mm -hmm. uh, the Office of Los Angeles County Medical Examiner Coroner recorded the cause of death as inhalation and thermal injuries with a sternal fracture due to blunt trauma listed as other significant condition and ruled her death an accident. Mm -hmm. So uh, we have in chat someone said, and I don't know how to pronounce your name. I'm sorry. Um, drug addicts don't give up organs. That's not allowed. I think that that's correct, but I don't know if a single use or someone who's in on a DUI if they're automatically um, disqualified. She had a long history of drug use. <laughs> well, admitting, okay. like that she admitted to. So that, yeah, that, that's that's interesting. I have heard some people make the claim that she was killed that the doctors specifically like killed her or let her die because of the organ thing. I don't know if that, like, oh. that's just kind of a, because you know, at one point she was fine and then they decided we're going to basically put her in a coma and let her, let her die because she was an organ donor. That's just like a conjecture thing. But um, yeah, I think that's, that part is a little bit of a stretch for conspiracy theories because people do. I mean, just because someone is stable one minute does not mean that they're guaranteed to, to make it through. Like sometimes your body just quits, especially with like the, the brain injury stuff. Like she could have hit her head really mm -hmm. hard and the bleeding could have gotten worse over time. So even though she was conscious at right. first, um, but yeah, anyway, so, uh, what's the conspiracy? So the, cons the first part of this conspiracy is that she was not actually drunk or on drugs, but she was murdered. So this goes to what her hairstylist or not. I don't know if it's her hairstylist, the hairstylist wig shop owner that she visited right before her death. So 20 minutes, before the car accident, she went into uh, a shop, and I've got a little clip from ET uh, Entertainment tonight to explain this. He wasn't speaking in cursive. You know, I, I say that you know, if people are impaired, you know, they speak in cursive because it's like you're slurring your words. But she wasn't. She was very, very cordial, very personable, very polite, and um, yeah, like the whole encounter was maybe ten minutes. So it, it wasn't huge. But it was strange all the same and random. The visit also seemed pretty pleasant. Check out this selfie Richard snapped with the actress and her new hair. He wasn't speaking. Yeah, so that's uh, that's the guy, Richard Glass. Uh, she visited his shop, bought a red wig uh, 20 minutes before her death. And he said she wasn't speaking in cursive. She seemed fine. He also said, I didn't smell any alcohol or anything. When she walked in, she was just very polite. Uh, cajoling present. I'm praying for her and for the family of all involved. So that's coming from him. Wow. So I think that's part of where this conspiracy took off is how was she completely normal, fine, 20 minutes before her accident, so right before she got in her car and then crashed. She's in this guy, according to all sources, is the last person she talked to. Wow. Is it possible she took whatever she took directly after that interaction in her car? Yeah. So like that's that's the thing is what they're what the toxicology seems, seems to suggest is that she took a bad batch of cocaine. So basically there's a, there's a real issue going on with people mixing fentanyl in with cocaine. I have no idea why I don't understand drug stuff, but it seems weird to me that you would like mix something that uh, something the size of a, like a, a rice grain could kill you in with cocaine. If you want to repeat customers, I don't know who's doing it or why, but that seems to be how a lot of these fentanyl overdoses are happening is actually from people mm -hmm. doing other drugs and it being mixed in with them. So um, the conspiracy. Yeah. So basically the toxicology report suggests that she did cocaine and had fentanyl in it. And that's what caused her death. So is it cheaper? Well, no, nope, it couldn't be because like the, um, if you're trying to cut cocaine with 
something that like the tiniest little bit would kill you. Right. You couldn't mix very much in. So I couldn't, I couldn't imagine it being cheaper, but you That's, know what I mean? You know, I have no we should idea. get into that in the, um, in the end. Block, we will. We'll get the into the fentanyl we'll, we'll, thing. We'll get into the fentanyl thing at the end, but it's, it's weird to me. I think, yeah, there's a whole nother conspiracy there, but we won't get into it right now. So, um, what's uh, what else I found is, um, this guy actually released a video later on saying that people were claiming that he gave her the cocaine with the fentanyl in it. So, um, oh. he seems to be very upset about this, obviously, because, uh, people are, well, you know, if he didn't do it, people are out there like kind of smearing his name saying he's the one who killed Anne Hache. So, right. um, that's one of the conspiracies that he gave her the cocaine. But I found an, another interesting conspiracy um, about the car, the car being hacked, because that's another thing that people talk about is with these deaths. I think a lot of people don't realize that, uh, you know, we, we hear these conspiracies all the time of this person's going to talk. This person's going to do this or, or that. And then they shoot themselves twice in the back of the head. Isn't that weird? You know, like all these suicides, you know, at some point, you know, when you hang yourself in a prison cell with bed sheets that are supposed to rip in case you hang yourself. Jeffrey Epstein, people ask questions. <laughs> so the, the conspiracy now is there's there's been a lot of people since I think around 2012 who have died in car accidents around the time that they were going to spill the beans on something. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but we're constantly told that cars can't be hacked, right? Except they can. I, Except I've that. never even considered that they could be. Yeah. So I actually read a lot of different articles saying cars can't be hacked. Here's why. But they didn't ever give any reason why. Then when I went to places, you know, these really weird conspiracy places like popular mechanics, uh, they explained, yes, yes, actually they can be. Um, so the first the first piece of evidence here uh, comes from extremetech.com. They say there's plenty of serious research that says you should be nervous about your car being hacked. There are several logical places to hack the car, the OB2 connector, wireless interfaces. Previously, perhaps foolhardily, it was presumed that these interfaces couldn't be hacked, a presumption we now know to be false. The electromechanical malfunction of cars that allegedly wouldn't respond to brakes and couldn't be shut off tend to have more uh, prosaic explanations. We now know that there's a chance that hackers are actually able, uh, that hackers are actually to blame. That comes from extremetech.com. And then uh, this, this article from Popular Mechanics here, uh, one tiny black box can control your car through OnStar. And when I talk about controlling your car, like there's the, OnStar, I think can basically remote control a car, but what they, but, but even if they can't, what they can do is they can speed up, slow down and mess with your brakes remotely. This is all facts. So I don't know if you remember all those cars in 2012 after there was a new OnStar update where they remember they mm-hmm. had to do this big recall because yeah. people were going on the road and their cars were speeding out of control and they couldn't get them to stop to slow down. There's a lot of people uh-huh. who have said that that's more likely to do with OnStar in the car than the car itself, the brakes malfunctioning because they found out that they were speeding up uncontrollably to the point where the people were blowing up their brakes because they were instead of shutting their car off, they were just holding their brakes down and they weren't touching their gas pot pedal, but it was just like speeding up and speeding up and speeding up. So um, were these Fords? Was this connected I, to the I thought the, they were Hondas or Hyundai's. I don't know why. I don't think it was Ford, though. I remember I remember some changing that, that keeps moving forward even when you apply the brake. It was like some mashup of their tagline. <clears throat> Maybe there was a Ford that did it. There's been, when I looked it up yesterday, I couldn't find the exact example. I, I didn't spend that much time looking for it, but I couldn't find the exact example yeah. I was thinking of because there was so many. There yeah. was so many cars in the last 10 years who have been recalled for similar things. 
Um, I, I remember that the, the, the car manufacturer, whatever it was, was taking the heat for it, and I never heard OnStar blamed for it. They didn't get blamed unless you looked at the very geeky side of, of things. The, again, the, the really conspiracy places like Popular Mechanics. Um, right. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so dark that, media. Uh, yeah, right. So I thought that was interesting. Like, I don't know if, how many people are alleging that that's what happened, but the reason I bring it up is because there's another conspiracy put out by X22, a podcast with an anonymous host. Uh, Anne Hayes was working with Congressman Jackie Walorski to expose child sex trafficking rings in Hollywood and the government. So if you remember this, this happened again last month. So it's pretty recent memory. Walorski, uh, 58 died August 3rd, two days before Anne Hayes crash where the SUV, mm-hmm. uh, was a passenger uh, or where, when the SUV, she was a passenger in collided head on with another car on the highway in Northern Indiana, the driver of the yeah. other car and two members of Walorski's staff also died in the collision. So, Days apart, you have a congresswoman in Indiana and Anne Heche both dying in really weird car accidents. Um, at least in the Walorski case, you know you could you could make the obvious case by the toxicology report and by her lifestyle that Anne Heche was just on drugs. But with mm-hmm. Walorski, it seems very different to go right into well, oncoming traffic randomly and uh, a professional driver, <clears throat> right? Going into oncoming, like that was weird. The minute I saw it, I was like, "What is?" what is happening right now? Cause I mean, to be clear, she, it wasn't just her who died. It was, it was like two or three AIDS and yeah, well, they didn't die of AIDS. They died from the car accident. Oh no, sorry. <laughs> you are a terrible person. I am. I am. So, but yeah, it was her and I think two, two other people in the SUV that died. So, um, and then according to this article it says investigators, with the Elkhart County Sheriff's Office said the SUV driven by a member of the Congresswoman's staff drifted into the highway's center line for, un, for quote, unknown reasons into opposing traffic, uh, and the collision to this day remains under investigation. So not just, not ruled just an accident, actually. Yeah. Which is weird. Um, uh, but there's it's a- interesting to me how long things stay under investigation, like until people start stop asking questions and then they quietly close the investigation. It happens all the time. Yeah. Like this, this will stay under investigation forever. Who knows how many months later it'll be before we see the, the next toxicology report from Anne Hayes. Remember when Bob Saget died and then everybody stopped caring and then they told us how he died and most people couldn't tell you that part of the story. How did he die? I, I don't even remember. I've because I haven't really looked into it that much in a while, but it was uh, it wasn't what they originally reported. I don't think. And I don't think it was just Cause, that he, because they said, I think the original report was that he slipped in his hotel room and hit his head. And then later right. it turned out it was like a, a stroke or something, like a, like a brain aneurysm or something. I remember people conjecturing that it was some sort of blood force trauma, but I never heard the official story. Right, because nobody cares anymore. And that's that's how this stuff works, right? Mm-hmm. So this this theory that I was talking about, it went semi-viral on a Facebook quote. Fo- Facebook post before it was removed and the post pretty much entirely used X 22 podcast as its only source. Um, Walorski did co-sponsor several house resolutions addressing human trafficking. But again, like I personally, and maybe there's some link out there. I just haven't been able to find any evidence, any link between the two. Um, some people have pointed out they didn't even follow each other on Twitter, which I don't know how important that is. Like you could communicate with someone without being their Twitter follower, but they'll use that. Yeah. Um, like if you are working on a project like that, I can see not wanting, wanting to, to not yeah. have a public link. Right. So it, yeah. again, if this, if, if what they're talking about really did happen and, and I'm, and there's not, 
I'm not going to say it did because I don't have any good evidence to show it did other than one anonymous dude on a podcast. But um, if it did, it seems like it would have happened uh, more covertly than directly through Twitter messages, which Twitter reads. So, right. Right. Um, yeah. Okay. Is it just me not to downplay this, but is it just me or is human trafficking the aliens of political conspiracies? Like yes. everybody uses aliens to explain everything. And then in politics, it's always human trafficking. This explains everything weird that happens ever. Yes. But they, but there's good reason for it. I think, I, I, like, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny to me because like the, the one thing I, again, you know, we talked about this last week, but you know how sometimes you'll say something and people get tired of hearing the same thing and they're like, mm-hmm. Oh, that doesn't matter anymore. It's like, I was called insane for believe because I, I was one of those people who very legitimately believed the Epstein thing because there was tons of evidence for it, by the way. It wasn't just like a t- take it on faith thing. You could look at the mm-hmm. early 2000s court trial uh, in Florida and be like, yeah, this guy traffics kids and Bill Clinton flies on his plane all the time. There's definitely something bad going on there. People called you crazy. I remember watching a video about Alex Jones. Craziest things Alex Jones has ever said. And one of them was Epstein had a pedophile island. And I was like, that video did not age well. <laughs> so I'm just saying, like, this stuff does truly exist. And, and then even with uh, Weinstein, which uh, I, I, I didn't I didn't put this in my notes, but Weinstein, uh, she actually was an accuser of his as well. Interesting. Yes. So uh, and Heche was not Walorski. Um, but uh, yeah, the post goes on to make some other tentative links about what you're saying. The aliens of of political conspiracy, child sex trafficking. Uh, it says that Anne Heche was another one of the celebrities working on a documentary to expose child trafficking was killed to keep her silent and to keep the project abandoned. But that made me ask, what is this documentary that everybody's talking about? Because we've heard this. We've heard Paul Walker, Chester Bennington, Chris Cornell, Anthony Bourdain, Avicii, and most recently Helena Hutchins. We're all working on all working on the aliens documentary. I mean, the human trafficking. Documentary. Right. They're all working on the alien, the alien trafficking documentary. Um, <laughs> so uh, I found a lot of articles that seem to be copy paste. So Politico, Snopes, all of these different places that were like, look, and Hayes was not working on a child trafficking documentary. Now, to, there, there is one. There is one part of this that, that is true that a lot of people have misreported because I've listened to a lot of different people talk about this over the last week and a lot of people said September 17th and Hesh has that documentary coming out that she was working on for sex trafficking. So it seems weird that they would have killed her and then the documentary would still come out and they kept calling it a documentary. Mm-hmm. It's not a documentary. Actually, the movie that she had coming out was called girl in room 13. It did come out the other day, uh, four days ago as, as of the recording of this. Um, and it is a lifetime movie. Uh, it's a lifetime movie with uh, the description uh, right from the Lifetime website, it says, inspired by the actual events, Grace or Larissa Dias, who plays her, became addicted to opioids after her doctor prescribed them for a sports injury at a very young age. After three stints in rehab, she finally ready to turn her life around uh, under the watchful eye of her mother, Janie, played by Anne Heche. Grace takes on a job at her family's restaurant, but her past will not let her go. And when her friend coerces her into making into meeting her former loves, uh, her former love interest and drug dealer, Richie. Uh, she finds herself imprisoned in a hotel room with no way out, held captive. Richie repeatedly violates Grace, forces her to consume drugs and alcohol, and starves her all to break her down so that she can become compliant and can be sold into human trafficking. Refusing to give up on her daughter, Janie starts an all-out hunt to find Grace. <sighs> okay, so already I've, like, I'm seeing some signaling of some possible truths here. 
uh, that we want to get into. But I want to I want to put a pin in girl room and girl 13. Really okay. quick. So that's the movie that people were talking about because I have a lot to say. I can tell you do too, but I want to put a pin in that and go back to this. What is the documentary that people are talking about since that's not it? I found right. it in one of these articles. I don't remember if it's political fact or whatever. They they actually told me which documentary that people are claiming. It's called The Silent Children. This is a documentary that was abandoned in 2017. It had been being worked on since 2011, and there's an 11 minute trailer for it on YouTube. Um, okay. And it seems like it's had a lot of setbacks. Again, it got canceled. So you could blame that on all the people that are working with getting killed. Uh, but, uh, you know, <laughs> all these. Uh, yeah. So I want to get because because there's not a lot of info on this, but everything I found is actually kind of suspicious. So author Gorson, the film's spokesperson, uh, told USA Today that there's no truth to the claim that Chris Cornell had helped and, and Chester Bennington and Anthony Bourdain had helped. He said, we never met any con. We are. This is a quote from him. We never had any contact with the people mentioned in this post. Uh, we never had any emails, n- even reached out before funding from um uh, I'm sorry. We've never reached out for funding to these people. Uh, so there was, there was, there was any legitimate, sorry, he, the way he talks, like they actually transcribed the way he said it and he says things weird. So there was never any legitimate connection. I have to like read in for him, uh, in the trailer for the documentary though, there is this, there is this sub project mentioned called traffic jam. Have you ever heard of traffic jam? No. So uh, I vaguely remember hearing about this because you would see it at music festivals. You see these big banners at music festivals and traffic jam, stop human sex trafficking. Um, and in the documentary that he talks about traffic jam, the guy, Paul Myhill, who is the guy on camera, the guy who went and did all the research. Um, and in, according to their Twitter traffic jam is quote, uniting musicians and fans in the fight against child trafficking and slavery. Uh, funding, prevention, rescue, and aftercare programs in 75 countries. And in this 2012 documentary clip, they show like a ton of big musicians. I think even Kiss, like they show like a ton of like really famous musicians. He even has a guitar signed by some other famous musician. So I couldn't find the links because literally the website and every reference to either this film or that organization, other than its dead Twitter account, is just gone from the internet. But I'm thinking okay. to myself here, Chris Cornell, Chester Bennington, Avicii, musicians. Like, it seems weird to me that they wouldn't have, act, like, even somehow had anything to do with Traffic Jam, even a little bit. So, right. so it's like, I, I, I can't, like, prove the link here. I'm just saying, I think that there might be more of a link, at least between author, uh, Arthur Gorson or Paul Mayhill my hill and a lot of these musicians considering just the the fact that this organization went on for a long time and was at every one of these music festivals and you can't tell me that like i don't know that there couldn't have possibly been some kind of link there i don't know but anyway um i just want to say that a mosquito tried to fly up my nose and i just very subtly squished it so what you're saying is you were sly and smooth and no one noticed and then you brought attention to it. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's good. You're you're right. And I think that it it also tracks that they would want to to not say who was funding it because there are probably still people, it's possible that their estates are still funding it so they want to protect that. Right. Or you know, any number of things, reasons to, you know, if, if it was a secret that they were funding it from the beginning, you know, even after they're, they've passed, they're going to 
Yeah, I'm just saying, like, the fact that they say they've never had any contact with any of these people and half of them are big musicians that almost certainly were at some of the events right. that Traffic Jam put on. Like, it seems like an oversell, which makes it seem like a lie. That's that's the only point yeah. I was making. Yeah. So, um, and, and again, outside of that, this movie, like, this guy literally went to Burma and all these countries had tons of footage of actual trafficking. And, and like, the point was that it was not just like illegal rings. It was that the governments were involved in uh, the Philippines mm -hmm. and Burma and all these places that he went to. So it's hard for me to think this guy, Paul Myhill and this whole corporation put together this documentary. And even in the 11 minute clip of it, you can see they had these huge events. They had the funding, mm -hmm. they had footage, damning footage of, mm. of all of this stuff happening. And then the film just gets iced after six years of sitting in production. Hell like that's, you can take that foot like literally, the footage, like the, a documentary is so different than anything else because all you need is a bunch of footage and then someone to edit and narrate it. Narrate it. You could make yeah. that footage say all like 10 different things. You can make 10 different documentaries out of the same footage. Yeah. So just looking at the breadth of footage gained already and the fact that it never got released, I can understand why this is a conspiracy. Yeah. And I can understand. So, yeah, go ahead. The, the the company is called Traffic Jam and the doc is called The Silent Children or is this two different docs? Traffic Jam is basically like a movement, like organization, like of musicians getting together and raising money to end sex trafficking. Okay. Which was and promoted that, in the movie The Silent Children. Okay. That Paul yeah. Myhill worked with, with both organizations. Yeah. He made the documentary and then he started Traffic Jam. And now okay. apparently he's a brewer in Colorado. That's the only thing you can find on this guy now. He's like a brewmaster in Colorado. What? Yeah, for real. Um, interesting life. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's just like to me, it feels like I can totally see why this is in this is conspiracy bait because it's got enough truth to it. It's got enough names attached to it, and it's got enough strangeness and enough censorship around it that makes you really question what's going on, especially since this was being worked on before Epstein like conspiracy came to light. Right. So I don't know. Yeah. I couldn't find any other like good links with like Paul Walker or uh, whatever, but um, that's the conspiracy. So we were talking about this gr girl in room 13 from that description. Mm -hmm. Do you want to see part of the trailer or? Yeah, let's do it. All right, I think I got the trailer pulled up here. Let's check this out for a minute. My girl, she's been out of rehab for a month. Walk a bum. I am committed to making this work, without a doubt. Guess who I ran into? Richie. He was asking about you. I don't need his trouble. Hey. No, Richie, I can't. I should go. Okay, yeah. What do you want? Richie, let me go. Why hasn't she called? Maybe we should face the facts. It's been two days since you last saw her. Grace has a history with drugs. She's There's nothing here that indicates that a crime has taken place. So yeah, that's a little bit of the trailer there for you guys. Um, not a documentary, but like just reading through the description and seeing that trailer, what's what's your thoughts on it? I mean, it, it sounds like a story that's been, been heard before as far as, you know, a vulnerable person who no one's going to come looking for them because... They're going to believe that they just, you know, went on another bender or whatever. And so 
No one's going to believe their story because of their history of drug use. Mm-hmm. Seems to be pretty prominent in the trailer. On top of that, I also noticed what 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 it says in the Lifetime trailer. Uh, let me see. Um, so right here it says uh, Richie repeatedly violates Grace, forces her to consume drugs and alcohol, and starves her to break her down. What does that remind you of? Something we've talked about recently. I feel like it's. I feel like we talked on. about this before. Is it on the board behind you? Yeah, yeah. It sounds a lot like MK Ultra and specifically Project Monarch, which gets us into our the weird history of of uh, Anne Heche's insanity. So, just a callback. If you guys haven't seen our episode on Project uh, MK Ultra, we get into a little bit of the Monarch stuff at the end. Um, go back and watch it. It'll make this make a lot more sense. But basically, the the government used drugs and breaking people's psyches down, specifically people with mental disorders and DID and things like that in order to build alternate personalities in them that they could turn on with a switch. So that is Project Monarch. So in her book, which we talked about earlier, the one called uh, Call Me Crazy, she wrote, I was called Celestia, the reincarnation of God. Heche further adds in her autobiography that she had transformed into Jesus. In my mind, I became Jesus. She believed she was from the fourth dimension, and the actress also felt she was receiving messages from God to make this planet a better place to live in. Does this not sound like all of the Project MK Ultra Monarch like uh, people that you hear about? Yeah. Like yeah. Like I literally had this insane alien alter personality. She talks about her alter a lot. She also said in an interview with mm-hmm. ABC News, I had a fantasy world that I would escape to. I called my other personality Celestia. I believe that I was from that world. I believed I was from another planet. I think I was insane. Wow. Yeah. Um, and actually, the, the abuse goes back to her childhood. Again, another, another marker of Project Monarch uh, uh, subjects was early childhood uh, sexual abuse, early childhood trauma, dissociative identity disorder. Uh, She has all the markers for it. And then drug abuse being put into a spotlight to be used to distract the public or to spread certain messages. Um, The actress stated that she had an escape mechanism for her to forget the abuses from her father. Uh, She says her father, Donald Hayes, had raped her, fondled her, put, uh, put her on all fours and had sex with her when she was like I don't remember what age, very young, before she was 12, I think. So wow. very, very young. Um, and she also added, this is where it gets kind of where she says the abuse was only in my memory. She said, I think it's always hard for children to talk about because it's only memory. I didn't carry around a tape recorder. I didn't chisel anything in stone. Anybody can look and say, well, how did you know for sure? And that's one of the most painful things about it. You don't. Yeah. Um, which is which is true. I mean, it's and it goes to what her uh, allegations of, of Weinstein as well. Like she was like every other actress in Hollywood, didn't come out, didn't want to speak about this extremely powerful uh, guy and this, you know, basically this criminal empire underneath him, which is Hollywood. Uh, and when she talked about it, people people didn't believe her because she's like, I don't I don't know when it was. I didn't write it down. Um, so, yeah, she's she's it seems like that's coming through in her movies. People aren't believing aren't believing her, aren't believing her stories of abuse, aren't believing in, in this case in the movie, her daughter's uh, stories of abuse. But um, what the, do you th- the difficult thing about these types of, of abuses is that when it is real, the dissociation from the event creates these really, really uh, 
iffy narratives. And so the people who are the most difficult to believe are the ones who are most likely to be telling the truth. And the ones with a cleaner story with all sorts of details and dates like Amber Heard, for example, those are the ones who are more likely to be lying. Yeah. And again, like if she was part of Monarch, like uh, you're talking about isolation, you're talking about Mm -hmm. uh, what do they call them? Like sensory deprivation chambers, LSD, hypnotizing, abuse, like you're not going to. It's just like, I don't know. We talked about this before. Have you actually seen the movie The Manchurian Candidate? I have not. Okay, so like a part of that is like he's got these these like pictures of his past of being brainwashed, but he can't put it together because this whole time he's just out of his mind on drugs and abuse mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And the brain just blocks out. Literally like the point is to break someone. And we talk about this. This isn't this, this part of it is not just conjecture or conspiracy. This is stuff that people mm-hmm. in the project talked about the, I can't remember his name, the guy who was studying uh, dissociative identity disorder and said he would literally torture people for weeks and months on end on drugs in order to break them down to rebuild them back up in his own image. This was this was many parts of Project uh, MK Ultra and other subsequent projects, Project 68 or 86 or whatever. They all talk about this. Deeply uh, satanic stuff. Yeah, well, that's the other part of the conspiracy is like actual Satanism. So, uh, oh. yeah, well, yeah, no, like with a monarch, remember? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I was saying like you're right. They they do talk like the the survivors actually talk about like satanic rituals and things like that with Monarch. So, uh-huh. uh, Monarch was reported to use uh, schizophrenic children with from abusive backgrounds to create sleeper agents, cultural change agents. So, as per Daily Mail report, the actress said, "My father was doing things that are attributed to schizophrenia, big business deals, delusions of grandeur, which I also had." So I know there's a lot of connections there with insanity that I have with my father. She also indicated her trouble to prove to her friends that she was sane. She said, quote, I knew that I was sane, but I needed to go to a psychiatrist and a doctor to make my friends feel safe that I was sane. I, I, I don't know if she was. I don't know if she was sane, but yeah. It, the, the, the thing about crazy people is they always think they're sane. Yeah. Yeah, I, for sure. Well, it's weird because like she was in an interview too and she, they asked her like, did you really believe that you were Jesus Christ? And she's like, on one hand, I 100% believed that I was Jesus. I was being talked to in my head. I was being told that I came from, from you know, directly from heaven. And she's like, on the other hand, I knew that I was an actress in Hollywood named Anne Heche. And she's like, that's what my insanity was like is that I knew that I was one person, but I also knew fully that I was another person. Like they were both equally real to her. This is that genuinely sounds like demon possession. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Like when, when you get into Monarch, it does sound like, you know, demon possession type stuff. So wow. would not surprise me. The other the other interesting little note. So we talked about uh, a little bit. We could get into this. I don't know if people here heard about it, but like uh, the other day on Last American Pubcast and on uh uh, on our TikTok, I had kind of brought up the idea of the Britney Spears Project Monarch stuff, and one of the one of the things that people talk about is that Britney Spears has a Monarch Butterfly tramp stamp, which is you know supposedly part of that. Guess who also had a Monarch Butterfly tramp stamp? Every white girl in America. I mean, Anne <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing about it though. It's like it's funny. Like I can see the oh, she's part of it, of Monarch. She's got a Monarch tattoo, but it's also every basic white girl in America in the nineties. <laughs> It was like, every, like, I don't know if that's a thing as much now, but the nineties, it was like every girl had a butterfly tramp stamp. <laughs> Not every girl. Cliche. But. People only get them ironically. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I might, I might just do it. I was going to say, I was going to say, you sound really defensive. I don't know. I like, <laughs> I never pegged you as someone with a, with a butterfly tramp stamp, but you know, guess we'll never know. Guess we'll never know. <laughs> but yeah. So what are your thoughts on the Anne Hage thing? I mean, is there more? Uh, no, that's, that's what I have in my notes, that's but I want to get your about, thoughts on Okay. And I wanted to make sure I had all the available facts before trying to, to piece things together. But what was, what did her parents do? Like, were they already in Hollywood? So her parents were fundamental, uh, like fundamentalist Christians. Her dad had pastored a bunch of different churches, but she, uh, she equated it to being raised in a cult because her dad would basically, uh, just change denominations and his beliefs, depending on what church he could pastor. He was insanely abusive. Um, mm. so one of the, one of the other interviews with Anne Heche growing up, she said that her father only loved famous people and her mother only loved Jesus. So she wanted to become an actress and to literally become Jesus. Jesus. Yes. So wow. that's her two personalities are trying to please the Hollywood actress. She said was to please her father because he was an abusive womanizer and the, her literally being Celestia, the Jesus reincarnate was to please her mother. I thought about this a little bit. This is kind of off topic, but it seems like in the world before you could get famous on social media, you could have that small amount of fame. One of the only ways to do it was to be a pastor. True. I never even thought about it that way, but yeah, like as far as like a local level of fame, like if you're talking about like micro niche internet celebrity level of fame, like before micro niche internet celebrities, yeah, pastor, I guess, teacher, things like that. And that's not to say that, that yeah, teach, teach is another, another good one. Um, that's not to say that, that pastors are all, you know, all bad, but it does seem like there's a lot of people who choose to go into t- those types of roles, teacher, pastor, right. Um, right. You have small town government uh, who end up being just horrible, horrible people who are just drunk on on their small amount of fame and power. A pastor is a position of authority. So um, unfortunately, it's as many good people as that's going to draw people who actually are care about their faith and actually care about people. Mm-hmm. It, it will draw those types of people, but it, it, because it's a position of authority, it's also going to draw the other type of people. So it's more, it's more than authority to it's like, it's like that celebrity or yeah. being loved by yeah. a large number of people and kind of that renown. Yeah. Love control, all of it. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's unfortunately the case. That's why discernment. I mean, that's, you know, as a Christian, like I believe in discernment and that's why, you know, just because someone has a title and, you know, claims these things and says the right things doesn't doesn't automatically mean that they're a good person. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I, the, the whole thing about the the sex traffic, the, the alien trafficking, um, <laughs> that's pretty compelling, even though there's not a lot there. Yeah, I find it really compelling, the whole stuff about the, the silent children. And it's something, again, like it was just brought to my attention kind of as a side note to the Anne Hache thing, but it, it's something that I want to look further into. So uh, yeah, you guys can uh, let us know what you think of it, but I definitely want to find out more about this documentary and do more on it in the future. We had talked before about covering the whole thing, like with Paul Walker, Chester Bennington. So this was just kind of like mm-hmm. a glimpse into it, but I'd like to dive deeper into like all of those people, their deaths, were they related to this project? Um, 
I don't know. Like I said, it, it, I can't prove it yet. I was just because I only stumbled upon it last night in my notes, this stuff. But um, yeah. I feel like that stuff about uh, the the music working with this documentary and all of the big musicians that they showed, like it's weird to me that they would be like, yeah, we don't we have never met Chris Cornell ever. We don't know who that guy is. It would have been more believable to say, you know, he knew us. He knew of us. He, he played at a traffic us. jam event, but we didn't work with him outside yeah, of that. Right. Exactly. Exactly. The oversell is what gets to me because it, it does feel like they're saying, well, how would we know any of these musicians? It's like, well, you do, though. They yeah, were sending well, you money. You they were sending that? you they were sending you guitars. They were sending you stuff to give to these kids in these poor countries. Yeah, <clears throat> they were playing at all. these events. I mean, like every big name like in 2011 was like a brief shot in that thing. And I'm like, that's hard for me to think that all of these other big names knew him, but you didn't know Lincoln park mm-hmm. in 2011. You didn't know, you know, stone temple pilots. You didn't know Like really? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Weird stuff. Yeah. Um, and then Avicii, his whole thing is weird, but I didn't even know who that he was, was till last weird. night. You know who he is? Yeah. I yeah, had no idea who he was till yesterday. He's one of those musicians who's the, uh, more of a DJ than a, um, but just one of those very few DJs who made it big as a, as a creator. Right. But yeah, he has, he has some, it's not really my type of music, but, but stuff that made it really, really big. It was, it was a shock when he, I think allegedly suicide, I guess. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. It was uh, supposedly it was suicide. Most of these people were Chester Bennington was uh, Paul Walker was a car accident. Chris Cornell was suicide. Bourdain was suicide. Helena Hutchins was uh, on a work workplace accident. <laughs> you know, because when you point a gun at a at a colleague at work and then pull the trigger, that's an accident. That's an accident. Yeah, <laughs> he's gonna get off with it too. That's what makes me so mad. Yes, it's because I, I remember at the, the this this was happening at the same time where he actually you know purposely pointed a gun and pulled the trigger without knowing it was loaded and a cop lady, um, you know, accidentally pulled her gun instead of her taser in, in like a heated situation. I forgot about that. Those happened around the same time. And he didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I didn't even think about that connection. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can make the argument and I think I did to an extent that, that a cop, has a greater level of responsibility to know the difference between her taser and her gun. Right. But it's also a, a much thicker situation. I mean, pointing a real gun so at somebody upset. and pulling the trigger is not an accident. It's my only point. You know, yeah, you yeah, always yeah. treat a gun as it's loaded. There's four <laughs> rules to gun handling and they're very simple. Uh, but yeah, hey, we're, we're at the hour mark. So if you guys want to hear more about this, we'll talk with uh, people. Get your chat, uh, your comments in. Sorry, it's hot as crap in here. Get your comments in. Uh, meet us over at Rumble. We'll talk to you guys there because we definitely have more to say on this stuff. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of Conspiracy Pilled. If you guys are listening to this on audio, please, again, follow the links in the description. Uh, follow us everywhere we can. It seems we hit 500 subs on YouTube while we were streaming. So yes. thank you guys so much for that. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We'll see you guys over on Rumble.